I'm joined now on the line by the founder at uh, Trade Collective and uh, also development economist, uh, Lebohang Peku. And uh, Lebohang, you are probably watching uh, uh, with uh, the same bated breath that we have here uh, all the way out in uh, Auckland Park. Good evening to you. How are you? Hi, thank you, Aya, and to the listeners. I'm well. Um, yes, I'm also waiting to exhale at some stage tonight. Let's see what happens. Yeah, look, I certainly hope that we're not going to have the kind of midnight specials that uh, we'd become accustomed <laughs> to under President Jacob Zuma. But what do you make, I mean, of, uh, I guess, uh, the reason that's been given for us waiting here, which is that the president is uh, uh, consulting with, with each of the appointees. I would have thought that he would have done that on the phone yesterday or the day before. Yeah, you- you would think, but I mean, you, you, I guess the modus operandi is that until the very last minute, there'll probably be lots of political, internal political jostling, deal making, arm twisting, um, and so on, and, and the need to continuously appease and find some sort of consensus middle ground. In a party that essentially doesn't really have a middle, it has several different centers mm. and um, very fictitious pieces, and rather than one particular center of power. So it would be incredibly difficult to find that consensus building and being a person, a leader who has shown himself to be a shrewd uh, tactician, I suppose, that then Matanella would want to bring as many people on board as possible. Uh, but under the circumstances, I, I think that we're waiting for him to make some bold moves mm. and to be decisive and to show that the electoral mandate, narrow as it may be, that he has now been given, is worth something and give him a bit more leverage. But but who would you say are, are some of the key power brokers here? I mean, what are the key interests that he certainly has to uh, get on board here to uh, have as credible an outcome or as credible a selection of appointees here so that I guess it doesn't upset the political apple cut. Mm. I mean, the one is, of course, he's, he's immediately his deputy president being a very interesting uh, political figure over the last year or so, but certainly over the last few days in particular, and actually has illustrated that he has a certain level of political um, leverage and um, himself quite a shrewd player. I, I guess you don't call him the cat for no good reason. Mm. Um, I think he's illustrated that a, he's able to play the system and, of course, give a sense, whilst giving the, the, the semblance that he was willing to subject himself to party political processes, um, the Integrity Commission notably, which is, in fact, quite a... A defunct, uh, you know, quite a defunct body, but it, but it's symbolically illustrating a, a willingness to be to, to be open to scrutiny. And I th- I thought that that was an interesting move on his part because of, he could have done this months ago. He could have done this two months ago when the charges or the the allegations were initially brought to this committee. He didn't have to wait until three or four days before um, and essentially hold up the the, the rest of the the swearing in process and actually divert. Um, that they settled first few days or first week um, straight after the inauguration, um, leading up to the inauguration and straight after by his own um, antics. So that was a very interesting move. I think some of the other players internally, uh, you know, for everything she is or is not, Tavali is thought to be quite important in terms of the Women's League. And I suppose uh, she, she, she represents a very strong constituency, which is the women's constituency, which have been kingmakers. And I, 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 emphasize, I emphasize on kingmakers rather than queenmakers mm. in that regard. Um, despite the many, uh, yeah, despite the many foibles of her pre- previous uh, in- incumbency as uh, at, at social development and the terrible misadventures, she has proved to have incredible political lives. Um, and, and I don't know whether she'll survive this particular cut, but certainly for whatever reason, she has found herself to be um, continuously 
um, in favour with either with either of these um, particular you know administrations. When you look at this uh, Truma cabinet, we've seen a few sort of uh, reports around uh, which uh, ministries might be collapsed into one. I mean, yeah. I was reading off of one now where land reform, tourism, economic development, small business development, and uh, I mean, any other economic or material aspect you can think of lumped into this one economic development and sustainability uh, ministry, uh, which uh, many people, I guess, have been throwing around and uh, only time will tell if indeed uh, that is the outcome that uh, emerges from the decision that the president is going to make here. But what do you make of this, uh, uh, I guess, this theme of a leaner, slimmer, trimmer cabinet yeah. and even the function of uh, deputy ministers as well? Yeah, no, I, I mean, on, on that one, I think that that's, um, that you're preaching to the choir because I certainly we know that many of these ministries came uh, as a result of the post and then, of course, the post Mangaung consensus or, or lack thereof. Um, for example, the Ministry of Economic Development was really a trade off between uh, the tripartite alliance. I mean, uh, Mr. Ibn Patel, of course, being a Kosa to um, a, 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 from the trade union movement. Um, I knew him previous in, a previous in his previous life in that capacity, in fact. Mm. Um, and, and I think that. That, that it was actually quite a redundant ministry, other than it being a political trade-off. And there's so so many others like that. Um, so the, the the whole notion of rationalizing uh, our ministries, just to put it in perspective, realize that China, a nation of 1.2 billion people, has about 25 cabinet ministers. Now you tell me that Rona with 55 million people. What are we doing with all of these ministers? Especially because we don't only have a national government. We essentially are a non... Uh, we, we essentially are federation, even though we don't like to say that we are. Mm. We actually run 10 administrations. So one would imagine that we don't really need to have all of that meat at the top, at national, at national, uh, at, at, at the yeah. national level, because several of these are co-competent, mm. uh, are co-competent, both with province and with um, the municipality. And one would hope that perhaps to Let, let's pause there slightly, and we'll come back to this uh, issue of co-competence. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback, like Amakum Kezela, Moonpags, and even the greeting, who's it? That's why Hunters, the original cider, is on a mission to refresh cool and bring back the old school. All you got to do is follow at Hunters Cider on Facebook, share throwbacks that deserve a comeback, and you could win refreshing prizes. Hunters, refreshes like nothing on earth. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. I could ask you just... Okay, so, hey, here's the announcement. Maintaining what did you uh, I certainly called that one, and uh, as I said earlier on, if indeed I was a gambling person, uh, that would have uh, certainly been uh, something I uh, would have backed. But let's take this brief break, and on the other side, I take some of your reactions. Give me a ring on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. You tuned in to the extended edition of Metro FM Talk here, and uh, we're with you all the way uh, up until half past nine. Uh, this evening, so uh, I'd love to hear your perspectives. Give us a ring, 89 uh, Let me know what you think about this cabinet and, more importantly, the inclusion of Auntie Patty. Indeed, the second quarter past nine is the time. And uh, what do you make of that announcement? I'd love to hear from you. Give me a ring on 089-110-3377. As uh, you would have seen on my Twitter feed, uh, I'm wondering, uh, certainly in the Ministry of Finance, uh, whether or not uh, Comrade David Masondo and uh, Tito Mboweni are going to be able to find each other. I mean, I think they're ideologically polar opposites. But let me pose that question uh, to Ongama Mdimka, political analyst and, uh, of course, lecturer at NMMU, joining me now on the line. Ongama, Kunja Alimdanam. Group. 
I certainly hope, my brother, that you've managed to uh, catch your breath uh, here on this uh, particular issue. But uh, what do you make of uh, some of these announcements here and uh, any big surprises coming through for you? It's a fairly balanced cabinet. Um, I think it was quite good for the president to be transparent about what the guiding principles were, both in terms of the 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 consolidation and and the and and, and the merger of certain departments. Uh, and I think for me, the, the one that makes uh, a lot of sense is trade industry as well as economic development. Um, I don't know about the style of Ibrahim Patel. I think in 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 in, in economic development, uh, I suppose in driving the the policy formulation processes in 2009 mm. uh, didn't allow him to be on the limelight that that much significantly, especially at a time when his counterpart had a stronger counterpart yes. at trade and industry in, in Rob Davis. But I mean, let's be uh, honest, Ongar. I, I think sometimes just on on the issue of uh, uh, Ibrahim Patel. I mean, I think sometimes we think, yeah, you know, he hasn't been hogging that limelight. But if you look at some of the agencies that report to him and the work that they've been doing. And uh, I think of the IDC, for instance, and the Competition Commission, which all fell under his purview, doing quite a bit of work. I mean, I guess in deconcentrating the economy and highlighting uh, the uh, issue of concentration and lack of uh, competition. And of course, it's a moot point about whether or not um, they had enough bite in competition policy in order to really do uh, a bit more than what they could have done. Yeah, so in not saying the minister hasn't been in the limelight, it's not the same as saying there hasn't been performance. Sure, sure. Uh, also, from a policy framework, I think uh, the new growth path was mainly associated with his department. So, and and the industrial policies. So that was that, that was great. Uh, but you had a stronger and a more uh, outward uh, focus in the trade and industry ministry. I suppose it, it was the one that engaged a lot of stakeholders more from a, on a positive light. Uh, but that said, I think the cabinet is fairly balanced. There's quite a great uh, geographic representation um, in either the actual ministerial positions or deputy ministerial positions. I think for me, uh, also notable is the absence of uh, some of the names uh, that uh, were associated with the state capture under President Zuma. So I think what ha- what's happened here is that President Ramaphosa has exerted himself but didn't want to play a zero-sum game such that uh, all that he wants uh, and and there's no there's no win for other political stakeholders within the ANC. Mm-hmm. And in fact... I think this balance would have helped him to be able to fight some of the internal battles sure. within the party. Uh, that there were a lot more imperatives that needed to be responded to. Mm. Uh, among them, for example, the geographic representation, sure. uh, the gender representation. Um, so, 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 so for, for me, it's quite good. I think that I can foresee a good working relationship between Ronald Lamola and Shamila Batoy. And uh, Ronald, coming from the legal profession himself, shouldn't uh, pose a political risk to the continuity of the NPA in the work that it needs to do, especially around state capture. So 
uh, she was going to have a good political sponsor there in terms of getting uh, things done and lobbying for resources for the NPA. Mm. Let's uh, let, let me bring in Mele uh, Bohangpik uh, on this one. And uh, I must say it was quite interesting uh, some of the banter we had, and we had to cut it short uh, uh, just as the president was making his announcement there. I, I'm interested in two uh, portfolios here, which. Um, I guess give us some signals about uh, how much priority they're going to receive uh, in this uh, sixth administration. The first one is that agriculture, land reform, and rural development one. Uh, giving it to a, a certainly old and seasoned hand there, Togot Tiza. And uh, I'd also love to hear maybe some of your perspectives on the two deputies she has, uh, Stumot Lamin and Mkabisis Kwacha, and uh, also with the uh, uh, Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, uh, which is certainly. I guess uh, in there to do some troubleshooting job uh, in what is, by all accounts, been a failing local government system, if uh, the uh, reports by the Auditor General are anything to go by. And uh, also deploying a very seasoned technocrat in Kosazana Lamini Zuma, uh, alongside the likes of uh, Park Stau there. So I, I get a sense that certainly when he looks at uh, marshalling his forces and some of the stronger among, of course, uh, uh, the uh, cabinet he's uh, outlined here, uh, I'm quite happy that he's dedicated some resources uh, to uh, local government and, of course, to uh, the uh, uh, contentious issue of land. What do you think? So, I mean, uh, interesting to see um, Medi Diza coming back after many years. I think some of us will remember her original tenure as um, agriculture minister many years ago in the, under the Ndeki administration in the, in the noughties. Um, and I think that, um, well, I mean, other than that, she also represents a final consolidation, an ongoing consolidation of some of the fallout from the Bulukwani um, consensus. Mm. So, I mean, in, thinking, in terms of streaming an intergeneration of administration's ideas and factions together, that's quite a good, um, that's quite a smart move as well. And, I mean, she's experienced, she's, she's, she's shown herself in the past to be, you know, a hardworking, dedicated carder and, and minister in whichever position in which she's deployed. Uh, and, and, and she has her work cut out for her, as you rightly say. Land issue is contentious. I have very limited expectations of this, um, of this administration actually addressing it in a meaningful or a tangible way, because I think that it's, got, it's getting lost in a lot of party political rhetoric rather than a real understanding of the essence of what this land debate is really about. Um, but nonetheless, she, she, she's as good a person as any, I think, to bring it forward because she has an assemblance of, um, of, of, of memory, you know, mm. institutional memory on, on a lot of these processes. Uh, and I think the other, the other biggie would probably be NDZ Meng, Kosozana Zamini Zuma as well. Um, so, I mean, she, she, she uh, other, than, other than many other um, qualities that she has and, and, and perhaps other baggage that she may have as well, is, is, is actually a decent technocrat. Um, she's, she's extremely um, pedantic in her approach of work from what I have seen and what I've been told, um, extremely focused and slightly stubborn about um, ensuring that particular policy and, and, and directional directional moves actually take place. So, you know, when she starts and she aims to finish. Mm. And I think that that's exactly what's needed for this kind of very complex department. I would have liked to see, in fact, some kind of a secession from this cooperative governance, um, traditional affairs, uh, traditional affairs ministry. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what traditional affairs actually mean. Um, so, I mean, I think that, that however, in, in, in relation to, to her many capacities that she illustrated at the Department of Home Affairs, which with the, with the use, with the, with the assistance of really excellent technocrats around her, did some really good work there. Not so good at the Department of Health in her first 
tenure um, and some of us who've got slightly long political memories remember Sarafina and, and so forth. But nonetheless, um, you know, she, 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 she's seasoned enough. And I think um, certainly notwithstanding mm. the wave of um, the Zuma Association that is around her, she herself has illustrated her, her, her competencies time and time again. Yeah. Ongama? What, what do you make uh, of uh, the economic cluster here? A uh, combination of the DTI and uh, the uh, Economic Development Department and, uh, of course, alongside the Department of Finance and maybe uh, that Department of Labor and Employment. What, what do you make of that? And uh, uh, is this indeed an extension of the mandate of the Department of Labor? And uh, what do you make of some of the personnel that have been taken to the respective uh, uh, ministries in the economic cluster? First of all, uh, the strategic alignment uh, So, in terms of the restructuring of the the Department of Trade and Industry, as well as uh, that of economic development. I didn't hear anything, by the way, about uh, small business. Um, Yeah, I think I missed that one. It may have flown over my head, but uh, I'm not seeing anything uh, on that front. Yeah. So, so, so I'd be happy. I mean, you don't need a Minister of Small Business. Uh, if uh, you have a focus, because some of the DTI agencies which have been moved to that department um, had, be, had, had, had been working within DTI, and all that happened really was changing the political reporting lines. And I don't remember seeing a greater impact as a result of that. So now that you have a more uh, economic policy on the one hand, as well as uh, incentives and and the management of industries, sector specific industry stimuli, stimuli under one department, uh, that's going to help a lot. That's going to help also in terms of lobbying uh, with the treasury for uh, incentives for investment, as well as for stimulating the local economy. Um, the, the personnel there, um, it's people with experience. I think Tulas uh, Nwesu's experience, for example, at labor uh, comes from within the labor union movement. Mm. So so somebody who understands uh, the, the, the labor issues, having been a trade unionist himself, and should be able to engage uh, with the business stakeholders as well as uh, trade unions in order to forge, uh, you know, a, a way forward. So if you look, for example, at what Gwede Mandashe has been able to to to, to, to generate in terms of momentum in relationships with the mining sector. For me, it shows that there's some great value when you have somebody who whose professional development has been within uh, the portfolio that they are heading, that they 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 they, they, they lead the department politically mm. because they know the issues. They, they they've got the experience negotiating agreements and and and, and 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 so that's important in terms of the important work that needs to be done in terms of forging the way forward from an economic development point of view mm. and uh, I have to give the last word here uh, to you Melebo Hang. I'm quite interested in uh, your perspective uh, on two issues one being of course uh, what uh, Cyril touted uh, I guess uh, quite assertively at the end that uh, this is a uh, a cabinet that has a 50-50 gender split. I want to hear you out maybe on, uh, I guess, uh, some of the deployments here of uh, uh, the uh, female ministers and the strategic importance of some of those ministries. And then, of course, uh, the uh, uh, deployment of uh, Naledi Pando uh, to uh, the uh, Durko ministry uh, in the context, of course, of uh, uh, the uh, evolving 
outlook of the ANC on the immigration question and also uh, with, of course, uh, uh, the continental free trade area that is being developed on the continent. Uh, is she, uh, I guess, the best placed person to take that role? And uh, many would have thought that she would have gone to a different ministry or even was one of the front runners for the deputy president role. Yeah, or perhaps even remained where she was, mm. um, where she was proven to be quite effective. And I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, other than the gender issue, which I will certainly address, one one thing that's quite worrying, um, in as much as we'd like to see the newness, the, the dynamism and the shifting of, 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 of old rocks as well, is the lack of the discontinuity in many cases. And just as a particular minister is getting the hang of a portfolio, they are moved around, and and often, unfortunately, because we we live in a often they they move with their whole team, um, and there's, there's this clean sweep approach rather than having a, a dedicated core of technocrats who will at least remain doing the work and and actualizing the the, the policy the policy work that needs to be done over a long term at at five, ten, fifteen, twenty year term. So I think that's what that's slightly unfortunate. So my view on 50-50 is this, that we really need to be ensuring that we're promoting 50% of quality um, and the, the, the presence is just not enough. It has to be qualitative presence and I mean of course there's some useless men as well with all due respect. There's mm. some lousy men there so I don't think that the criteria sure, is different sure. but I don't think that it's enough to plonk um, any woman there and, and claim that this is some fantastic um, move, uh, you know, some kind of feminist strides have been made, especially because men, you know, not, not every woman per se is not a given, in, in the same way that not every black person is pro-black people, black African people's interest, not every woman per se is explicitly interested in, in, in trying to yeah. define a, a gendered, a gender-centric, feminist-centric way of doing things. And it can be difficult to do so within a very a, a mainstream framework. Um, about Mayor Pando, now I've, I've sort of watched her from afar and from a close, especially her work on migration and international development, um, and I intersected with her, her department in that regard when she stood at the Department of Home Affairs. One thing that I'm happy about is that she, 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 she's, she's a... She's a she just works hard and gets on with things. Um, she's not particularly exciting per se in, in you know in, in terms of her approach to work, um, in terms of charisma. And I don't I don't think that's important. I think what is important though is that she's showed a lot of maturity and versatility in the work that she's been doing. I mean, she recently got a a PhD in education. It would have been really nice to see her making much greater use of that. But she's been moving around home affairs, Department of Science, um, you know, and, and so forth. And it would have been really great to see her perhaps making greater use of that and deepening yeah. that skills base. And I think that the same can be said across all the cabinet positions. And it would be really useful to have people who are not only um, political appointments, but who are also mm. capability appointments. Uh, that might make a huge difference. I think that's why. I found um, that the Mutualedi's appointment quite dynamic initially because he is a doctor. He does understand the medical yes. field. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And I think on a final note, though, also having moved, uh, I, I would have. I, I think I'm excited that um, the Home Affairs has also shifted from being run by somebody who's a spook, um, a former spook, and who, who, who Mr. Tuele, who, and I think that we need to desecuritize Home Affairs and turn it yeah. into, back into a much more, more about building an inclusive community rather than being about border control. Okay, let me steal a few more minutes from Sentley here. I, I can't see him. And just maybe briefly follow up here. And uh, uh, just briefly, uh, Mepeko, before we let you go, your view on the inclusion of uh, Auntie Patty and uh, also in addition <laughs> to that, of course, uh, the uh, interesting uh, exclusions that I've seen here. And it seems that uh, Jeff Khatebe may have taken 
I guess a leaf from uh, the uh, advice that uh, Julius Malema gave him. I'm just stepping aside, you've been there since 1994. He's a notable uh, exclusion from this one. So is Derek Hanekom, and uh, so is uh, Usis Batao, Batabi Lezamin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Rob Davis, it looks like as well. Yeah, yeah So yeah. basically, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, yeah, Mayor Delil, again, um, yeah, I think... She has a very, she's got a very colorful, eclectic political history in this country, having come from NUM, the trade union, having um, originally been aligned to some kind of a Pan-Africanist philosophy and having been a prominent member of the PAC, complete ideological shift to join the ID, which is center democratic, you know, center liberal democratic, um, and then, you know, then moving to that well, merged with the Democratic Alliance, which is uh, far, far away from any Pan-Africanist ideal. Um, and then, you know, after the fallout there, um, into good and, and now into a cabinet position. Love her or hate her, Mede Lili is an amazing political chameleon. She is a survivor of note. She, has, she manages to read the, read the ground very well and strategize her way in and out of all sorts of situations. She's also as tough as leather. Mm. As um, the, as Abuti Musimaimani now knows, um, she gave the the, the 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 DA a fantastic blue eye. Um, I think over their handling of her in the yeah. Western Cape. So yeah. she's a she's a heck of a survivor. I think that's uh, that, that that has to be that has to be said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Ongam. Let me give you the last word, man. And uh, I'd love to hear you out on uh, some of the exclusions here. Derek Anakom, uh, Jeff Khatebe. And of course, uh, does this now mean with the deployment of uh, Tito Mbawini to the Ministry of Finance uh, that will be spared, of course, from uh, some of the blow-by-blow account of his culinary skills? <laughs> uh, I must say I've enjoyed that so long. Um, so, so I think there's great continuity there. Um, there's gravitas in that office, and you do need people who are self-assured uh, to be able uh, to to play the role of uh, guarding the national treasury. Remember that the Constitution actually structures uh, just by design that that office becomes super ministry to the extent that it plays an oversight role on every body. So somebody who comes uh, who, who comes both from a monetary policy background, but also, uh, you know, had been a minister, I think, of labor initially, uh, should uh, play a a great role. He was a stabilizer in that department. So so he knows both the role of monetary and fiscal policy in the economy and uh, uh, should be able to actually uh, uh, do well to, to, to to ensure that uh, national accounts are actually restored. But what what may need uh, to happen is that the 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 president is going to have to have a stronger uh, developmental approach, because while you need to restore uh, the fiscal uh, 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 the situation in the country, you do need to to, to not pull out completely. Uh, in terms of an expansionary yeah. fiscal policy. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, I mean, certainly on uh, some of the economic policy stuff, one gentleman who I don't envy at all is uh, uh, Dr. David Masondo. Uh, aside from being the principal of the political school of the ANC, he now has to go and fix the mess at the PIC because I can assure you by tradition, he's going to come in as the chair of that one. And Mepeko and Ongama, uh, I certainly wouldn't want to be in his shoes. But thanks uh, to the pair of you for joining us this evening and uh, giving us, of course, some of your reaction and analysis of uh, what, uh, by all accounts, has been a balanced, 
uh, a cabinet. And I say balanced in the bigger schema of uh, factional politics within the ANC. I think he's been able to uh, really speak to the different constituencies and uh, different interests uh, that he has to serve here. And uh, despite all Lindy Sagemongameli, Yabonangoku says, I'm up and go 25 to 10. Uh, that being said, it's been a pleasure to be with you this evening. Big thank you to all of you. And uh, we'll continue our conversation on uh, the uh, timelines there and on the Twitter streets and on Facebook as you continue to uh, uh, analyze uh, all the nuts and bolts of this particular executive uh, that is going to lead us in the sixth administration. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa.